morning, everyone. Y'all all right? Glory. Here in the here over the next couple of minutes, if, if the Lord moves on you to go to the website and do that, you're not going to hurt my feelings if I see you dinking around on your phones or your tablets or anything. Man, go move. Do it. Do it. If God's calling you to action. While you're there, I want to encourage you to all, if you've not yet done it, to sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, make sure you do that. Uh, we're, we're, we're starting to try to communicate a little bit more using that. Uh, uh, typically, we try to send it out about every other week. Uh, we may move to every week uh, just to kind of keep. We've got so much that we're cranking into and shifting gears for for this fall season. We just want to keep constant reminders for you guys, hey, that we've uh, uh, gathering churches alive and well. God's got us in action. God's got us in motion. And uh, so we, we want to be able to communicate a little bit better for you guys. So make sure, make sure you sign up for that email newsletter on our website. Uh, in the meantime, uh, has he been faithful to everyone here today? He's been faithful in my life beyond anything that I know how to describe. Uh, and so we're going to get into the word here in just a moment. But I want us to take just a few more moments and let's give him glory. If you want to stand up, you can. You don't have to. Uh, but man, I woke up with this song on my mind and been singing it all morning. So y'all going to have to just deal with it. I'm going to sing it out today. And it's an old song. Sometimes, yeah, how, how many of you know, especially those of you who are starting to get seasoned like me, I'm not getting old. I'm just getting seasoned right? Uh, some, and, and I love music. I love a lot of the new stuff coming out. But also, sometimes if you want to dance around the house, you got to pull out an oldie but goodie. And sometimes to express gratitude to God and get into worship, sometimes you got to reach back from your childhood and pull something out. So, so I've I just been thinking about how faithful he is, how good he's been. And so I, let's all just sing it and glorify his name together. Great is thy faithfulness, Oh, God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions, they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever wilt be. Great is Thy faithfulness, Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Father, I thank you so much for your faithfulness and all the provisions, everything I have. You gave me, and you've given me more than enough so that I could be a blessing. Lord, I pray that you just anoint every ear that hears today. Let he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Not my voice, not my words, but the words you're saying in between my words. The words you, you're trying to have me articulate today. Father, I thank you for your deliverance. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your anointing and your perfect love that cast out all fear. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. 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 Woo, we got a lot of visitors to church today coming through here, don't we? That's good. We can say, hey, we had a lot of visitors at church today. For a few seconds, at least. So, I'm going to be reading from 1 Kings chapter 18. Uh... Now, we've spent a lot of weeks talking about faith, 
establishing an incredible foundation of faith. God said he wants to take us from just merely believing in him to literally believing him. Then we've spent about six weeks talking about his covenant, his, his agreement with us. And it's time to start moving out on that in some of our life, to start putting actions with faith. Uh, Wednesday night at youth, which if, if, if you have teenagers, make sure you get them here on Wednesday night. Uh, we, we, we're praying for Ryan. He's, having, he's, he's being blessed and growing at this uh, retreat that he's at. But we're still having youth. And uh, David Lambert brought the word this last Wednesday night, and he talked about putting actions with your faith. If you say that you believe God, then act like you believe him. You know, let your actions be appropriate. So uh, today we're going to kind of get into that a little bit, but I, I believe I've got a specific word. I originally thought this word was just kind of for me. It was something I'd been chewing on for a few weeks. And the more I chewed on it, the more I realized that I think God's wanting to say this to his body. And the more I realized, I started talking to some of my other preacher friends and pastor friends. They've been receiving the same word. They're starting to preach it to their church too. And so I think this is something, a right now rhema word that God wants spoken out to his body. I want to speak to someone today who's been waiting a long time on a prayer to be answered. Maybe you've been going through a drought. Maybe you've gotten to a place that you're not sure if God's ever going to answer that prayer. And so you're just ready to think, well, this is the status quo. And I want you to, to understand that there are two words I want you to take away today, and that's acceleration and favor. Uh, several weeks back, I was up in Branson at a ministerial conference uh, that, that I help organize annually. And every time I go back to my hotel room, I'd go and chat with, with a lot of uh, pastor, pastor friends of mine. And they would, they would speak the same words, un, unrelated to each other. They would, somewhere in the conversation when they would speak to me, and they'd say, Lord, Dave, I don't know what it is, but I believe that God is, I, I keep hearing him say acceleration, or I, I keep hearing him say favor every time I talk to you. And so I'd go back to my room, and I would chew on that, and I would get into the word of God, and I would say, Lord, what are you trying to talk to me about? And he kept taking me back to 1 Kings chapter 18. Next week, we'll get into chapter 19 a little bit. But I believe today it's not just for me, that there are some things in your life that if you walk in faith and if you allow the prophetic anointing of God to lead you, that the prophetic word will accelerate some things in your life and you'll see some incredible favor that he has for you. Everyone say the word acceleration. The prophetic word of God will accelerate some things. I'm talking about things that you've waited for decades, maybe, or waited for years. And, and, and just one turn, you're about ready to give up, or maybe you've given up on it. But I'm telling you, in just one moment, God can change the tide of that situation. God, in just one minute, there can be a brand new outlook for the circumstance. If you've been experiencing a drought in one area of your life, in a moment's time, there can be a deluge of rain take place. That's what, that's what took place with Elijah in, in first, first Kings chapter 18. There had been a three-year drought, three-year drought, and King Ahab had been out and about with his big giant chariot. Historians believe it was drawn by upwards of 20 horses, could get up to about 65 miles an hour. For that time, that was pretty fast. And he's out and about, and it's such a horrible drought, and they don't have enough food and water for these horses. He actually told the servants, let's go look around and try to find some, some grass, just any type of grassy patch, so that maybe some of my horses can survive. 
because I got this big old chariot that we got to get back to the fortress of Jezreel because he's hanging out south of Jerusalem near the Dead Sea. And, and so he's hanging out at the fortress of Jezreel. And he's got to get back there, and he's worried about his horses. And in the midst of all this, you got to understand, Ahab was one of the most wicked kings Israel had ever had. He was married to Jezebel. He, he allowed his wife Jezebel to influence him. She was a pagan worshiper. She worshiped Baal and subscribed to the doctrines of Asherah. She had prophets for both of those sects come in. She had ordered the killing and slaying of all of God's prophets, of the Lord's prophets in Israel. And she had wiped out a bunch of them. She was a wicked woman. And she had influenced and had the ear and the control of King Ahab. He had given in to her rather than upholding the laws of God and the statutes of God and living according to the covenant of God that he had given to Abraham as the king of Israel should have. Now, he had, given, he had given full control over to his wife, Jezebel. That's why, that's why there is a spirit that runs amok and rampant in the church that's an anointing killing spirit. It's a spirit that wants to, to squelch the prophetic from moving in your life. We call it a Jezebel spirit because it tries to control and tries to manipulate the move of God and tries to sometimes put out things. Have you ever, uh, let, let me put it this way, have you ever, has God ever started moving in your life and all of a sudden you ran into somebody who's just wanting to throw a wet blanket on it? That's the spirit of Jezebel. Sometimes you have to avoid that. We're gonna, we're gonna get into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. But here we go, 1 Kings chapter eight, starting with verse number one. You guys ready for this? Later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Go to this wicked king, this king whose wife has had to tried to have you killed. I want you to go back before him. You think that took a little faith for Elijah to go up here while, while Ahab's running around near the Dead Sea out in the desert area of Israel looking for a patch of grass for his horses. He says, I want you to go present yourself to King Ahab and tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. That's the first thing God wants you to do. If you are believing for a move of God in your life, if there's an area that you need healing in, if there's an area you need prosperity in, if there's an area that you've been believing God, a situation in your family, maybe on your job, maybe within your community that you have been believing God for quite some time and you feel like there's just been a drought, you've been trying to find direction, you've just been trying to find any patch of grass you can eat off of and feed off of just to sustain a little life, God is saying, I'm sending some rain. I'm about to move on your behalf, but I need you to speak it out. And you may have to speak it out and decree it out and, and in front of audiences that you don't feel comfortable doing it. You think Elijah felt very comfortable heading back to King Ahab? His wife had, had tried to have him killed. King Ahab was wicked. Matter of fact, look at the reception he got. Let's hop to verse 17. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, so is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? Elijah said, I, I've made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commandments of God and have worshiped the images of Baal instead. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, who are, supposed, who, are, who are supported by Jezebel. 
So he actually delivers, he starts delivering this message. God's got a prophetic word of blessing for this wicked king. He said, but I want you to get everybody, get all of Israel around. Go get those prophets, go get those wicked prophets, those false prophets. Tell them, everyone, meet me at Mount Carmel. We're about to have a showdown. Going to verse 20. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel, the prophets, and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. I believe God's saying that to his people today. Stop trying to live with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Stop, the, you know, the Bible says a, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. On one hand, we want to proclaim the word of God. On the other hand, we allow our opinions and our moods and our attitudes to be influenced by the news, by social media, by, by the crowd, by the people, by the, the, the neighborhood and everything else. He's saying, hey, you, you want rain in your life. You want to see the prophetic move in your life. Number one, you need to decree it. Number two, you need to decide what are you going to believe if I'm God, let me be God. <clears throat> or if, or if the, the news cycle is God, or if the medical reports are God, or if your neighbor and family opinions are God, let them be God. But choose today, who is God? Man, if we're going to walk in faith, if we're going to walk in the prophetic, we've got to become focused, clear-minded, decisive, and we have to be able to say, hey, look, the word of God is my truth. The word of God is my standard. I don't care what's going on in the world around me, but the word of God is real and it is sure. It is my sure foundation. Everything else can change, but the word of God doesn't change one bit. Now, what followed was a pretty wild showdown. He basically told the prophets of Baal, he said, look, he goes, I'm the only prophet of the Lord that showed up. You got 450 prophets. And he said, Get me two young bulls. So they brought it. And he said, okay, you guys get to pick, pick which bull you want to sacrifice. So they did. He said, you chop it up and you build yourself an altar. And don't light fire to it. I'll do the same. Whosoever God answers and sets the wood on fire, that's the true God. You go first. So he goes and sits on a rock. It was the first thing in the morning. All morning long. They butchered that bull. They put it out on, the, on the, the wood. They began to call out to Baal to answer them, to light the wood on fire. They danced. They sang. They prayed. They marched. Everything they could do by noontime. It was kind of funny if you go back and read the report. Elijah got sick of it. He stood up on the rock. He started trash talking them. He just started laughing, talking smack to him. He goes, hey, maybe you need to pray louder. Maybe he's not hearing you. He is a little old, right? He said, well, maybe he's asleep. Maybe you need to wake him up. Get it a little bit louder. At one point, he even said, maybe he's using the bathroom. Give him a second. Let it, he'll be back. Maybe he's using the bathroom. It actually says that, you know. Could you imagine trash talking these prophets? <laughs> There's Elijah just yakking it up. So they tried even harder. They started cutting themselves and bleeding on the altar and doing everything else. Finally, Elijah couldn't take it anymore. And he told him, he said, all right, everybody, enough. Now it's my turn. And he said, gather around. Let's hop down to uh, verse 36. Amen. Yeah, I'll say it. The, here's the problem. We've got a lot of false prophets out there that are crying out to a lot of false things for hope. 
we got a lot of people crying out to the government for their salvation. A lot of people crying out to some political party for their salvation. A lot of people crying out to social media, to everything. Everyone's screaming opinions. Everyone's almost bleeding for what they want to believe in. And we can get caught up in it. We can let it affect our moods. People crying out to the economy. People crying out to uh, uh, social statuses. People crying out to the retirement. Crying out to money. All these people crying out to various types of bales, if you would. And there's not been any delivery. None of those things are powerful enough to light your altar. I promise you that. And yet we as a church, man, we get caught up in so much stuff, so much chatter. I'm telling you, God wants to silence the false prophets in your life. The first thing he wants you to do is decree, decree his promise in your life. The second thing, he wants you to make a solid decision of who you're going to serve, who you're going to believe. The next thing he wants you to do is to cut off the false prophet in the chatter in your life. There's a lot of things speaking into your life that you need to silence. I've had to do it. There's a lot of people, a lot of things, a lot of influences that would like to give me news contrary to what the Word of God has to say about me and my life. And he's saying, hey, cut it off. I've got, a, I've got a prophetic move to do in your life, but I need you to cut all this stuff off. So Elijah says this in, chapter, uh, in verse 36. At the, at the usual time for offering, the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why did he address them that way? Because that's where the covenant started with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He went all the way back to the covenant. Lord, you're the God of the covenant. You're the God of my promise. You said that you would be my God, that you would bless those that bless me, curse those that curse me. He said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. This was not Isaac or, or this was not Elijah trying to, to show off and build a name for himself. He was being obedient to the Lord. Oh Lord, answer me, answer me. So these people will know that you O Lord are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Let me tell you, God's wanting to do something in your life. It's going to be so plain and so simple that, that people are going to stand back. Not only will you stand back, but all those around you will sit there and look and say, only God could have done it this way. Only God. It's going to turn hearts back to God. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull. Oh, let me back up. I totally forgot to, to get into this part. He actually told me, he said, look, we're going to build this altar. I'm, I'm slaying this bull. He had it all there. And then he dug a trench all around the altar before he did this prayer. It was enough to hold about three gallons of water. And then he told him, go fill up, go fill up three jars of, of, that can contain three large jars of water and pour it out on the sacrifice and on the wood and in this trench. And they did it. And he had him do it two more times. Three times total, he flooded that sacrifice. Now, understand this. They were in the middle of a three-year drought. Do you know how much provision of water that would have taken to fill up those jars, to pour it out on this sacrifice? Can I tell you that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in our life is worth, is worth investing some things in, investing your time, investing your trust, investing your attitude. You may, you may be experiencing a drought of faith, and so you're hanging on to every little bit of faith that you can, but I'm telling you, the sacrifice is worth investing some powerful resources 
into. The work of God, the kingdom of God is, is the best investment you can ever make, not just financially, but with your time, energy, and your family. It's the best investment you can ever make. So think about it. That took some faith to pour out precious water. You're in the middle of a drought. But he understood. God said it was going to rain. There's going to be plenty. So, Lord, I'll pour this, I'll pour this water. I'm going to wet this wood. I'm going to wet this sacrifice. And I'm going to make a big old trench. So hot to verse 38. Immediately after he prayed, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burnt up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. So God took care of all that. He immediately lit the sacrifice. And when all the people saw it, they fell down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Then Elijah commanded, seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape. So the people seized them all. And Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. Elijah himself killed 450 prophets of Baal that day. Man, Elijah wasn't playing. When he knew that God said, silence the false prophets, man, he didn't let one of them live. He silenced them all. What false prophets in your life have been influencing you, have been convincing you otherwise of the word of God, the promises of God? What false prophets have, have convinced you that God's done with this nation, that God's done with this world, that there's no hope in your life, that it's never going to get better? I don't know who you've been listening to. You may have to cut off cable news for a while. I don't care what network it is, and I don't care what political party they lean toward. I'm telling you, and I'm not telling you to be uninformed. I'm not telling you to stick your head in the sand and not be aware of what's going on in the world around you. But, but we cannot, we as the church need to only allow the word of God to be our influence and to allow the prophetic to flow in our life. Why? Because the prophetic will accelerate everything for you. Things that, that folks will think, well, that's going to take years to accomplish. God can do in days. We're about to get to that. But we can't move in that, we can't flow in that vein if we've got everything in the world influencing us otherwise. I refuse to be sick in the name of Jesus. I refuse to be discouraged in the name of Jesus. I refuse to be helpless in the name of Jesus. I don't care who's saying what to me. Over the last few weeks, I've had to just, I've had to delete some folks off social media. I've had to just silence them, unfollow them, block them. Why? I just, I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to hop on to, to, to check on family and get bombarded with this stuff. I've had to make a conscious decision to just turn some things off on the TV. I've had to turn the station on the radio. There's been a few folks that I've had to sit there and just let them know, hey, 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 we're not going to talk about that. If you want to call and talk to me about what God's doing, or if you want to come call and talk to me, you need prayer, or you need anything else, or you want to chat about the football game, or I don't care, we can chat about anything, but we are not going to chat about that because it's going to be contrary to what God wants to do in my life. What am I doing? I'm trying to kill some false prophets in my life. I only want to be poured into what God wants poured into me. Why? Because I need some rain, and I got to believe for an abundance of rain, and I want God's word, his prophetic word, to accelerate some things in my life. Anyone hearing me today? Amen. Amen. Woo, I don't know about y'all. I'm feeling God up here. Y'all may need to move, move up here closer. He's hanging out up here. Hopefully, he's hanging out with you out there. Amen. Now, the next thing that happened, he looks at King Ahab. 
All of Jezebel's 450 prophets of Baal just piled up. Ain't one of them talking anymore. He looks at Ahab and he says, now, go get you something to eat and drink because rain's coming. There wasn't a single cloud in the sky. Everything was dry. Just don't worry about it. Go get you something to eat and drink. So they go pull through the water burger with her chariot or whatever. In the meantime, he climbs up at the top of Mount Carmel again. And the Bible says that he bows low, puts his head right in between his knees. He's bowed to the ground and he starts praying to God, Lord, you said there was going to be rain. I believe you. I don't see the evidence yet, but I still believe you. I don't need the evidence. Woo, that's Abraham faith. You remember we talked about it. How did Abraham believe? When Abraham had nothing else to believe in, he just believed in the word of God. He didn't let his circumstances dictate what he was going to believe. So he, he prayed. He said, Lord, you need to continue to pray. Whatever God's word says about you, whatever he has spoken to you, whatever he has promised to you, I don't care if you don't see the evidence of it yet. You need to pray and believe because God is not a liar. You can trust him. You can take him at his word. If he said he'll do it, he'll do it. It may not be in the time frame that you would like him to do it, but he's going to do it. It may not be the way that you pictured him doing it, but he's going to do it. And the way he does it is going to work out far better than what you could ever imagine. He may take you around the mountain a few times, but there's a purpose and a reason for it. All things work for good for those who love him, who, who believe. And so he prayed, and then he sends a servant. Elijah calls a servant out, and he goes, I want you to go look out across the Mediterranean. If you've ever been to Israel, one of these days, I'm telling you, we're going to take a trip to Israel, this church is. And, and I'll get to show you some of these places. But you can, we can go stand right on top of Mount Carmel while all this took place. And they got a big old uh, patio. The, the, the Catholic Church has gone and built a lot of churches over some of these sites to preserve them. Uh, but we can go stand on a patio, and I can read this story to you and tell you exactly. Where's the Kishon Valley? Right over on this side. Why? Because that's the Kishon Creek. So he would have killed all those prophets right over there on that side. And then where did he go tell his servant? He, went, he told him to go look that way. Why? Because the Mediterranean Sea is right out there. You can see it from the top of Mount Carmel. So he's, he tells the servant, he says, hey, go out there and look across the sea. Tell me if you see anything. The servant came back and said, I don't see a thing. It didn't, he kept praying. Seven times he told the servant, go on out. It was just that persistent expectation. Can I tell you today, don't give up on God. Don't give up on his timing. Don't give up on his word. Be consistent. Be persistent. Keep looking. Keep looking. Keep looking. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. All of a sudden, on the seventh time he comes back, he says, I see a cloud. It's about the size of a man's hand, and it came up from the sea. It's a little cloud. It's, he's standing there like this going, ah, I don't know if it looks like a lot of rain, but it's a cloud. He came back, told Elijah, said, that's what I see. I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, that's it. Let me tell you, it doesn't take much to spark faith. You need to have enough faith that when you sometimes see a mustard seed of action from God, you have enough faith to understand the big giant mustard bush <laughs> that you're going to get out of that seed. All he needed was to know that there was evidence of one little cloud. And Elijah said, that's it. That's the abundance of rain. He said, go tell Ahab, he better, he better book it back home. He better finish that Whataburger sandwich and get back on his chariot and race back home there's going to be a deluge coming. He's going to get caught in a storm. So he did. 
So Ahab, they're trying to outrun the storm that God's bringing. God is bringing an abundance of rain. I'm telling you, God has got an abundance of rain to answer some prayer for someone today. I know I'm not just preaching to myself. I got to be preaching to someone else. And this is what the prophetic will do. If you will trust God and remain in his word, that he said, if, if you abide in my word, you'll be my disciples and you'll know truth and the truth will set you free. Man, I don't know about you. I want to live free. I want to live with my eyes wide open, full of truth, where I can see his truth in everything I look at, not be influenced by what, what uh, the, the TV wants to tell me, not be influenced by friends, not be influenced by family or neighbors. I want to be influenced by the Holy Spirit and be an influencer. I don't want to be a thermometer. I want to be a thermostat. I don't want to just give you what the temperature reads. I want to be able to help set the temperature in Jesus' name. So look what happens. This is pretty cool. Let's hop down to verse 45, eight, chapter 18, verse 45. And soon the sky was black with clouds. So for three years, they ain't seen a cloud. Now all of a sudden the sky is dark. We've been having some of those skies lately, haven't we? Where we look out and go, man, it's coming. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Now, according to some historians, like we said, upwards of 20 horses pulling this chariot, getting up to about 65 miles an hour. Man, they're booking it. They're trying to get back to Jezreel. Jezreel was the fortress that was out near the Dead Sea. Uh, those of you who've been there, it wasn't too far from Masada. And so they're, they're hightailing it back. And look what the Bible says. The prophet, the man who brought the word of God, look what the prophetic does in your life. Verse 46, then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. That's some wild stuff. You got, a, you got a chariot going 65 miles an hour, heading out. And all of a sudden, the, the prophetic outruns the chariot. Can I tell you, there's some acceleration that is about to take place in your life. I've already seen it in my life. Some things that I thought would take months to take place for me has taken days just since August when the Lord started speaking this word to me. There are some things, can, can I tell you, I saw it happen with a report last night. Uh, Gina and David Croft, if you're watching, God's done it for you. Uh, just this past week, they realized that they were exposed to COVID-19 uh, through some fan, through, uh, with their family. And, and so they, if, if those of you who are, who are on the Facebook Messenger, uh, kind of the, what has become the uh, prayer chain for, for uh, the church via a Facebook Messenger uh, uh, thread, you know that they had actually put out a, a prayer request saying, hey, we've, we've potentially been exposed to COVID-19. We're having to stay home, quarantine. We've taken tests. You know, typically those tests take quite a while. And the Lord actually spoke to me when I was praying. He said, no, acceleration in favor, acceleration in favor. They've already, re they've already received their test. About the time that she posted the prayer request, this morning I got up and checked. She said, we received our test. We're both negative. Amen. That was quick. That was fast. 
Why? Because God is accelerating some things for his people and he's giving us favor. There's some things, unmerited favor. That's the wonderful thing about living in grace. Sometimes God blesses you and you didn't even have to work for it. He just does it because he loves you. You know, that's some pretty wild things. So all of a sudden, here's Ahab who's receiving a promise from God that rain's coming and Elijah took off and outran the chariot. Why? Because the prophetic will always accelerate some things in your life. And look at the favor, though, the way he said that he got all the way to the entrance of Jezreel, all the way to the entrance of this fortress, the fortress of a king whose wife wanted him dead. And yet look, look where he wound up, Jezreel. The word Jezreel in, in Hebrew actually means, may God give us seed. Why? Because it wasn't just a fortress for the king and his troops to hang out in and be protected in when they're out in the desert area of Israel, but it was a place to sword, store seed in case of time of drought that they would still have seed to supply. Where was God sending the rainstorm? Right to a place that was abundant and ripe with seed. God was sending a deluge to a place that was about to give forth a lot of life. All the seed that you have planted for years and years, seeds of love, seeds of faith, seeds of obedience. Can I tell you that God's about to send a rainstorm and he's sending it quick because the prophetic is speeding some things up for you. I'm telling you, things that you've thought would take years is about to take days. Things that you've believed in for decades is about to come about. Why? Because you're walking in obedience and you're slaying the false prophets in your life and you're believing the drought is over. The prophetic is accelerating some things for us and bringing some favor into our life. Amen. Let's all stand. If anyone receives that today, just raise your hands and begin to praise them right now. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, I pray your word doesn't return void. I pray that it falls on ears that hears. Lord, I don't know who needed to hear that beside me today, or maybe you just needed me to get up and decree it for my life. But I thank you for the acceleration of your purpose and your destiny and your blessing. Father, I thank you for blessing me so that I can be a blessing to others. Lord, just allow us to take the abundance that you give us and let us make a difference, change cultures, change lives for your purpose, for your glory. We thank you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Chris, do you mind coming up and just, you don't have to play anything sad and slow today. You can play whatever you want. Sad and slow is usually the best kind of altar call songs. You know what I mean? Play something sad and slow. Amen. I just want us to worship just for a few more moments together as a family and begin to give God praise. If this word was for you, begin to give God praise and say thank you for it. Like I said, I pray that, 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 that you'll hear what the Spirit was trying to say. I'm mere mortal and mere human, and, and I don't always know how to articulate. But I know the Holy Spirit can translate as needed. I'm telling you, you mark it on your calendar. Get ready. There's some things that are going to speed up and accelerate for your life. God's about to make your impossible possible. He's, he's about to make your nowhere where you don't see hope anywhere in the situation. He's about to make your nowhere now here. He's about to make a way where there is no way, a path in the wilderness. And it's going to happen a lot quicker than what you thought. Father, let it happen. Let it be so just as you've spoken today.
Father, for those who have walked past us, I pray that they've been able to feel your love, feel your anointing, feel your presence and peace. Let us walk this week in faith, knowing that you've brought us into a season of acceleration. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm just, I'm gonna decree right now in the name of Jesus that the end of COVID is a lot closer than what we think. And, and the hope is not gonna come through politics, through legislation, but the hope is gonna come through the grace and the love of God who will graciously show those who are in the medical field what to do, graciously instruct us what to do, graciously instruct the leaders who do, those leaders who, who truly do love their people on how to go about this. Father, we need an end to this drought. And we pray for an abundance of rain, grace, favor, healing, health, and clarity. Let all the false prophets be silenced. I don't care that we're in the, in the middle of an election cycle, Lord. My hope doesn't come in who gets elected. My hope comes in you and you alone. And may your will be done in this election. Heal our land, Lord. Heal our nation. Civil unrest, the answer to it is through you, God. Through you alone. Father, don't let the church cower down, but let us rise up and proclaim the love of Jesus. Proclaim the one way to you, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Help us to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Jesus, you said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through you. Let us present you to the world, Lord. Move on our behalf, God. Heal our homes, heal our marriages, heal our families. Bridge the gaps, Lord, and change the tide, change momentum so that you can receive glory, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If anyone needs prayer for anything, I want to invite you down. I know breaking some social distance up, but that's all right. We're, gonna, we're just going to do it. If anyone needs prayer for anything, before we're dismissed, I want to invite you down. If everything's hunky-dory for you, that's all right. Stay put. You're good. But if you need prayer for anything today, I want to join with you and say, yes, I don't have any power, but I believe in the one who does have power. And sometimes you just need somebody to say yes and amen to whatever circumstance you're going through. about to be dismissed and we're going to pray and be dismissed and love on each other before we head home. So Isaac, do you, would you, would you come up and dismiss us in prayer today and just pray whatever God puts on your heart? Just grab, grab the mic over there. Here, I'll get it for you. If ever there's a man who, who believes and, and longs for 
for unity and relationship and love within the body of Christ is this guy. You need to sit down and have some conversations and hear, hear this man's heart. So just pray whatever God puts on your heart and dismiss us. Father, we thank you so, so much for uh, each other, God. How beautiful it is that you look across this yard and it's just people of all different colors, all different backgrounds, all different places. And we can come together because we're coming together for a unified purpose, God. It's because we love you. It's because we need you. It's because we've all come to the realization that without you, we have nothing. We've all come to the realization that before our lives had you, we didn't have meaning. We had never experienced joy. We had never experienced the happiness and all of the things that come just in the intimate relationship with you. And so, God, we just thank you for that. We thank you that that while we had nothing, you came and gave us everything, that when we were out and in the world and just living, you chased us and you pursued us and you've opened up this opportunity for us to become something that we never thought was imaginable for ourselves, God. We thank you, God, that you are powerful and that you are mighty. And so, God, I just pray for every person under the sound of my voice, God. I, I thank you for them. I, I thank you for them. We cherish them, God. I pray for their indistinct purposes. I thank, I thank for the fact, God, that each one of them was sent here to make a difference, that there's something special that you have called them to do, that the works that we heard about from Elijah today can manifest in each and every one of our lives, that we have a community full of people that we are sent to, people that are being false in being worshiping false gods and things of that nature, God, and you've sent us to them. You've sent us to them to call them back to a relationship with the one true God. And so, God, I just pray for every single person and their purpose, God. I pray that as we submit to you, you begin to show us more and more what is that thing that we're supposed to do to be able to, to impact the world, to be able to go out here. The world is mourning. It is hurting. It is in pain. People are in pain. People are suffering. And we are your chosen answer. We are your chosen solution. We are your chosen vehicle to bring reconciliation to this earth. So God, as we're sitting here today, I pray that you bring to our memory situations where, where, where we might not have spoken, where we could have spoken, or where we might have spoken the wrong thing, God. I pray that you make us bold, but bold with wisdom that you show us what it looks like to, to give a word that's spoken with love, that's it's scissored with love, God. But ultimately, God, I pray that every single word that was spoken today, that it was spoken to each of us in a way that we would receive it, in a way that we would be able to take it, in a way that we would be able to apply it, and that it would change and radically change our relationship with you, that, that we would love you so much more when we walk out of here than, than when we did when we came in, God. Show us the things that we can do to love you more. Show us the places where we've exalted false gods in our lives. Open our eyes to be able to see the things that the world has blinded us to about ourselves. Show us what repentance looks like to you. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much. Oh my God, how beautiful it is to know that God is dwelling within us. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're with us, that you have patience and grace with us. We thank you that you walk with us every single day, that you guide us, that you lead us. Holy Spirit, show us ourselves. Show 
us ourselves, Holy Spirit. Allow us like Elijah to position ourselves in a way to where we get to see the supernatural works of God. Allow us like Elijah to hear your word and respond to it, even if it means we're walking into what seems like dangerous times. Allow us like Elijah to stand against the world, even if it means that we are outnumbered because we believe that what you said is true is true. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Guide us and lead us, empower us, allow us to apply this word. And we pray that it is all to the glory of your name, that it's all to the glory of your majesty, that it's all to the glory of the things that you're trying to do in this earth. It's in Jesus' name we pray.